Hey everybody, and welcome to The Void, a show dedicated to filling the void between being an employee and becoming self-employed. Most people refer to starting your own company as taking the leap, as if they're blindly jumping off a cliff and into the unknown. This show is here to help you understand that it does not have to be that way. In fact, it doesn't even have to be a leap at all. It can be as simple as taking a few carefully planned steps in the right direction. We'll work through some common issues that are preventing you from starting your own company and fulfilling your own true potential. As always, if you like what you're hearing on the show, please do us a favor and help share the void with somebody who also might be wanting to start their own company. We're not professional podcasters. We just saw an opportunity to help others understand that self-employment is well within your reach. And just as our business has grown organically and by word of mouth, we want this show to grow in the same way. That takes two things to happen. One is that we have to put out some great content and you have to help share our valuable message. We know that there that many of you out there are on different social media platforms uh, and in various groups uh, surrounding your trades and your skills and your crafts. Uh, Facebook groups are begging for this kind of info virtually every day. So if you see somebody asking about starting their own business or they have questions because they're new in business, please do us a favor and drop a link to the show. I'm your host, Mitch Smedley, and with me today, as always, is... David, David Hilton. Hilton. David Hilton. How you doing today, Mitch? And also, we have our producer back there in the back. We've got Marcus. Marcus, how's it going today, howdy buddy? Howdy ho, howdy ho. Sometimes like heard, it. never seen. Yeah. I'm excited for this episode. He's a, he's a, he's a mythical It's hard to say that <laughs> you're excited about, you know, getting a lot of information out there, but, you know, we've done some prep on this one. I, I like it. Yeah, well, and, really good. and uh, you know, today's episode is going to be over business finance preparation and, and a few other subjects. And preparing your business finances is one of the most daunting tasks, but also one of the most rewarding once you get it all done. So um, as we've discussed in prior episodes, uh, we've discussed our six steps that you're going to need to complete prior to starting your company. And those six steps are actually six areas of adversity that you're going to want to face and overcome if you realistically expect to be successful. Um, Dave, how about you take a minute and kind of go over what those yeah, steps are? The le- so the first, uh, the first two episodes were on personal finance preparation, you know, the why and taking care of your own stuff. Yep. Uh, we're going to get into the third one today, which is the second adversity business finance preparation. Third that, episode. Third episode. Second step. Second step. Yep. Exactly. And that's going to be more about, um, your personal stuff is taken care of. Now you're planning and prepping for just the business stuff. Yeah. The money, where's it coming from, um, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then the third preparation adversity, systems prep, which is going to be, you know, three episodes, we yeah. think, because there is a lot of information. And if, if you lot watch the last episode, we go into what all the different systems preps are going to be. Yep. And then, uh, like I said, in, in four, five, and six, we're going to get into those. Um, and then after that is the beginning adversities. After you've knocked those first three out, number four, community involvement work. You this know, is this is once you're up and running in business. Yes, you're in business. You're uh, you're being part of the chamber. Yep. You're doing community work. Uh, maybe all the guys are required to do, um, you know, eight hours of community service. We're not saying to do that. We're just that that's just an example. Yep. Um, number five, wake up, do the work, repeat. You know, we talked about this a bunch. Uh, guys get their company off the ground, they feel com- comfortable, and they're like, oh, maybe Wednesday I'll take off. Right. Maybe Thursday and Friday I'll go fishing. Right. You know, you got to put the work in. You've done the hard part to get it off the ground. The e- it's easy to do the work once you've done the – I mean, it, if you don't, you've just wasted all that time. Right. And right. then um, evaluate performance, make adjustments, and improve is number six, and that is self-evaluation business evaluation what can we do better right and we talk about this all the time and we're going to keep talking about it if you can't evaluate your own performance where you're at how your company's doing i mean you're a you're on an uphill battle yeah yep 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 um so yeah in the last show we went over uh personal uh, personal finances in preparation for self-employment and um, go back to, and listen to that. If you if you just are jumping in now, right. listen to this, but then go back. You're only two behind. Just go back and listen to those two, right? And catch up real quick. And and also the 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 first nine episodes of this podcast are all of the core episodes that cover the core adversities that you need to overcome. So 
you're, you're no matter when you're jumping into this podcast, you're gonna want to watch or listen to all nine of those in order. Yeah, and if we get to episode, you know, two hundred, you don't have to go back and listen to all two hundred, but you got to go back and listen to the first nine for sure. Right, and right. then you can come back to where we're current. Yep, yep. Unless you just want to, I'm not going to say you know don't catch up. Yeah. Um, in the last episode, we also talked about side work and how it might be a little lucrative, but it's not mentally preparing you for self-employment like a lot of people think it is. A lot of people think that it's it's uh, giving them the experience of dealing with customers and all of that stuff. And because it is side work, it is not helping you in the business sense other than providing you a little bit of cash. Yeah. So Yeah, we won't rehash that. Go back and listen to that. There's a lot of good information in there. Yep, yep. So... Um, Today, we're going to be talking about some business finance stuff. You're going to want to spend quite a bit of time planning your startup expenses. It's common to underestimate how much money you're going to need to get your business off the ground. And so you, this usually results in not, or is usually a result of not spending enough time in this preparation step. You can be working on, so the first step of personal finances, Yes. Um, some of that might be paying off debt. Uh, so some people, if they have debt, they, they've got to be paying that off. While they're paying off debt, they can be preparing their business budget and also preparing to, to learn how they're going to fund their business. Yeah, so, and we're not saying try to pay off personal debt and try to pay for start a business start at the same it. time. We're saying mentally prepare yeah. and the things that don't cost money, you can do those business finance preparation steps. Yes. It's not just all about money. It's about and we're gonna get into it. I don't want to list it all right now and then re go over it and you guys are like, oh right. he said that twenty right. minutes ago. Yeah. But the so it can be a slow process, but this is why we say you can be working on all of the preparation steps at the same time. Just don't be doing the starting, the, the beginning steps at the same time. So yeah, while you're steps, paying off debt or while steps. you're getting your personal finances in order, you can also be budgeting and planning your startup stuff. So um, finding uh, startup capital can also be a little discouraging from time to time. It can be tough. Um, but it's not as scary as you think. So one of the things that we're going to talk about is all of the different ways that you can actually fund the startup of your business once you have all of your budgets in place. Yeah. And we're not necessarily going to tell you, you need to do this. You need to do that. These are ideas. Yeah. Things that we know work that we've seen other people do and yeah. seen them be successful. And we're sharing those with you. Yeah. It's, we're, it's ultimately up to you to make the decisions. We're just, we're just giving you information that is not readily available. All the yeah. Time. Yeah. We're going to give you a bunch of ideas that you may not have known were there. Um, you're going to want to make a list of all of the things that you're going to have to acquire in order to start your business. Keeping this list organized and flexible is key. So when when I started my business, I used an Excel spreadsheet to track everything. This let me, I had a big giant column that was like 30 or 40 lines long of every single thing I was going to need to start my business. Every piece of everything, every piece of everything, the, the, the filing costs for my LLC, uh, the insurance costs, um, the, the, the material that I was going to need to start with. GoDaddy fees for your website. Exactly. Website stuff. Um, literally everything I could think of that was going to cost money, I put into this list. And you're not going to just sit down and spend 15 minutes and write that list and be like, Oh, I have my list. No, this, I mean, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to be out working doing whatever and be thinking, Oh yeah, you know, I forgot about that. Oh, I forgot about that. Add right. that. You just continually add to that list. And the more in depth you can get the closer to the actual number. Right. That it's going to take is yeah. there. Yeah. So like I had, I had a spreadsheet that had uh, on one column, it was everything I was going to have on the next column over. It was the, the dollar amount that it was going to cost. And with Excel, you can color code all of your different cells. And so I would like, I would have something out there and I would have no clue what it would cost. And so I would, I would code it red. Like, you know, I think this That's might a question. Red was a question. Yeah. Like, I don't like know. I think it's going to cost two grand, but I, I honestly have no clue. That's kind of a wild ass guess. And so I would code it red. And then as I got closer to the number and felt a little more confident, I would code it yellow. And then as I got an exact number, 
I would code it green. So like for insurance, for example, when Mr. I was stoplight himself. Yeah. How so, original. <laughs> so as, as it's good though, it's easy. You yeah, know what yeah, they yeah. are, it, you know? It, well, and, and the other thing that it does. So like, let me just take, for example, insurance, as I'm talking to my insurance agent, um, he gave me some ballpark numbers. Right. And so I coded it red because they were ballparks. Yeah. Then he comes back to me and he gives me some real numbers, but he said he didn't like them and he was going to run them through a different software and see if they could pick up some different vendors and, and improve on that number. Yeah. But they were, they were actually legitimate numbers. So I coded them yellow. And then once he had gone through a couple of his different vendors and got like the best numbers he could, now they went to green. And so as I did that with every, in some things you just know what they cost and it starts green. Yeah, right? it is what it is. Right. Like I know I need to buy a laptop and I know that laptop's $800. Yeah. Okay. That's green. Got yeah. it. Um, yeah. Some stuff's simple. But yeah. other, th other things you're going to have to call and get that stuff hashed out. Yeah. And it's going to be different for everybody. And, and so the, the color coding of those columns helped dramatically because as that column evolved, every, every cell in that column started evolving into green my budget became more shored up. And visualization, I mean, everyone, this is said all the time, but men are visual. Yeah. So, I mean, for you, that worked great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then not everyone's going to do that, but but to be able to just visually quickly look at it, boom. Oh, I need, if you saw one that was red, oh, I can go over there. I, you know what? I need, to, I need to spend a little time and get that figured out yeah. so that I know where I'm at. It, it, for me, it allowed me to compartmentalize everything and say, okay, these are green. I don't even have to worry about those anymore. I got to go knock out these yellows yeah. and reds. So, yeah, exactly. um, I was starting a plumbing service business, you know, going into customers homes and repairing plumbing. So real quick, I'll run down the list of every, like this is, I still have my budget today. I started my business two years ago. Is that what this is? Yeah. I'm going to go oh, run you, down this a is list. Yours that you had. This is oh, literally okay. my list, my exact list of everything that was on my budget. Okay. Good example. <clears throat> Vehicle payment, vehicle sales tax and registration, inventory, vehicle signage and stickers, my customer relationship management system, my CRM. So Your software, if, and we're going to get into that. Yeah, we'll get into that later, but if you don't know what a CRM is, that is like the software that you use to run your business out of. So, and, and we're going to talk about that too, but lots of people are probably like, I don't need that. And there are businesses and, you don't. And you might not need it. You don't. Right. But I we're needed gonna, it for We're going to go into it anyway. Yeah. So it's, it's a dispatching software is yeah. what it is. So um, um, website, phone, right? Monthly, monthly expenses on phone. Um, phone number, like it costs you money to get the phone number, yep. right? And those aren't big numbers. And, and people are thinking, oh, okay, it's $5. You know, $5 times 100 it is a It adds up, right, right. And, and you, you owe it to yourself to be incredibly thorough. So obviously, the more thorough, the more accurate you are. Right, and and I wasn't going to use my personal phone to start my business either. No, of I was. Not. I was using. I did. People still call me. Right, <laughs> right. I'm. I'm. Doesn't matter if you switch over or not. I'm big people on separating still, personal from business. People so. are still calling you. Right. Um, other things on my list were like marketing door hangers that I would hang on people's doors um, to start out. Yeah. Now, now he's not talking about. You know, we did that once a month. He's talking about to get off the ground. To get off the ground that and start one up. time. And you could still do I mean, you could do them for the no, duration of your business. But um, a, a tablet for, for me to use in the field to present pricing and run and, you know, run my invoices and all of that stuff. Um, a laptop for the office use. Uh, QuickBooks Online membership. Um, insurance down payment. The business license. The actual license that you have to get with the city to do business. Um the, the shelving for my truck, the divider bins to divide all the parts and pieces in my truck, um, all of the hardware that it took to build the truck out that, that, that was not part of shelving, um, all of my drain cleaning machines, an appliance dolly to, to move water heaters in and out, the, the legal formation uh, expenses for my business to, to you know form my LLC and all of that, um, but also uh, business cards and then stickers that we would be placing on garbage disposals and water heaters and stuff like that. You know what I don't see on there? That was my full list of everything I hand used. Hand tools. So I already owned hand tools. Okay. So so if you already from, have stuff yeah. and you and you write it in, say you do that in your columns and you're like this, this, and this, but I have that, just put it green. 
Well, and, and so for me, it if was... If you were using the color coding. Yeah, but for me, it was it was not an expense I needed to incur to start the business. Okay. So I already owned those. It was not something I needed to buy extra. I like it. So um, again, I was starting a plumbing business, but you're going to find similarities with that with all, like any service-related business you're starting Yeah, if up. you're starting a lawnmower company, you're going to list what mowers do I want? Mowers, trailers. What style trailers, of trailer do I want? Right. I want X amount of weed eaters. Gas cans. Yeah, all that string small stuff. for your string trimmer. And and advertisement, you know, if you're going to put stickers on those trucks, if you think that you're going to come out of the gate and you want to actually advertise, write that down. Right. You know, hey, I can take an ad out in, I'm going to say penny saver, even though no one ever uses penny savers anymore. Right, right, right. But if you wanted to put an ad in the penny saver, hey, new company starting, you know, we're offering a discount to start, Yeah. you know, with us, you know, things like that. Put them on the list. Yeah, yeah. Um, I planned to run my business out of my home. Um, not all service related businesses can do that. For instance, no. if you're going to do hair, you're not going to, you're probably not going to start a hair salon business. People, out of do. Your own. People do, but it's, it's like, so it's nice having being right off the curb. It's, it's nice being right off the curb. Also Especially getting your men's barber. Well, and, and getting your hair done is kind of like an experience for, for men and women. And so they don't want to go into somebody's home to do that. They kind of want to go to the barbershop or go to the salon. Yeah, right. So, um, so, um, but for my business, we were working it out of our home, so um, we had very specific intentions. Like we did not want a shop or a, a retail space or like an office space until the business grew to a point where it needed that. Well, until that business was capable of making enough money to supply that. Yeah, and that this, this was key to our early success. Um, I've watched a lot of people start service-related companies like plumbing companies and all of that stuff. And, and in their out, first month in go business, out and get a big shop. they go out and get a shop right away because they yeah. think they need it. And now that's an early on monthly expense that they have to cover that they might not have the money yet to cover that. Yeah, They don't have traction in their market yet. And so that that's kind of tough. And if, and if you did want to do that and you were dead set on that, um, you need to bank on not being able to make that payment and have that money already set aside. Yeah. You know, maybe in, maybe in you your need, budgeting you might need to have six months of exactly. lease payments. I was gonna say six to eight built months into your budget. Of hey, okay, so if we don't do enough to make rent the first two months, I've already got that money sitting here. Right. If you start making uh rent in month four and five, right. That other money, just keep in there. Yeah. If you do have a hard time, then you're covered. But you know so it, uh, You've got that money to take care of it. Yeah. A, a classic example of somebody who might need that. Let's say you are wanting to start a lawn mowing company. And let's say currently right now you rent an apartment and you don't have a yeah. garage, right? Yeah. You don't have a place to store those expensive mowers in that trailer. Yeah. So you might have to go get a contractor's storage unit. That or you're just gonna, a regular storage unit or, or something. Or, yeah. Or yeah. rent a space from your buddy. Yeah. You know, he's got a building. He's like, hey, man, you know, I'll rent you a spot. Right. You got to You got to you know, protect your asset. Exactly. There. So. Um, you know, factor all of that in. And like Dave said, if you're going to have to lease something, put six or eight months of that lease into your startup expenses and have that money sitting there because you just, you just don't know. It's a little unknown in the first few months. Um, chances are your first few months are going to be okay. Again, if you follow all these six steps, however, we're all about building safety nets, safety nets, give you the courage. So, um, some other businesses that might need space, like a hair salon, for instance, um, it needs to be somewhere that's not in your house. Yeah, right? like we just talked about. But you don't want to spend more than absolutely necessary. You don't. Yeah, you may not want to open a huge salon, but there are booth rental spaces. You you could possibly booth rent, or maybe you can find a very very small retail space somewhere. So that's when, reasonably priced. Yeah. When, when you're looking for your first space, one of the big mistakes a lot of people do is they think long-term. They think this isn't the space I want to end up. And so I want to avoid it now. No. And, and it, that's, that's not smart to do. You, you want to always move. You can always move. You can always upgrade. And you know, people think a commercial lease space, oh, they're going to want five years. Right. Or they're going to want three. But nope. if it's a tiny space and they... Tiny spaces are hard to rent anyway, right? Because not everybody can do what they want to do out of it. Mm-hmm. So you can usually get one for a one or two, and then you can always move. Well, and let's say like a lot of you know a lot of commercial businesses are not going to want to do anything shorter than like a six month lease. Well, six months is fine, 
right? You can you can dominate that space for six months and then spend that six months kind of planning your next move if things are working out. Really well. <clears throat> yeah, and right. the money that you say say you didn't want to do that because you knew you were going to get bigger, but you went ahead and did it. Right. But then you blew up. Well, you're making the money to make the move during that six months. Yeah. Yeah. The the key thing we're looking at here is making sure that you're looking for the smallest space that you can operate out of to keep your overhead as reasonably, low as possible. Reasonably. Right. You you don't want to handicap yourself by being too no. small, but also don't go jump into the big lease because that's the final destination that you'd want to end up. Yeah. So a lot a, a big warehouse can really hurt you. Yeah. I so uh, as managing uh, larger plumbing service departments in the prior years, um, I've personally worked for companies that had. 40 to 60,000 square foot facilities. And I've also worked for companies that had 2,000 square foot, 2,000 square feet facilities. I can fe- speak from experience that the larger shop space does not equate to efficiency and success. The larger shop space actually cripples the business because they spend so much time focusing on how to pay for that larger shop space. So they have to make that much more money every month before they even make a dollar of profit. Yeah, you have to work. Unless you have a lot of investors coming in, you have to work to that. Yeah. And a lot of those guys, they don't just go in there and say, okay, we're going to get this. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy this 40,000 square foot warehouse or rent it. Yep. And we're just going to be big and huge. No, they most of the time, not always, most of the time they started small and then they grew and then they bought their building they were in. And yeah. they sold that building and bought the next building. And, and then they moved, you know, it it maybe it took them 10 years. Maybe right. it took them 30 years. Well, and a lot of times you may not have even known of that place or that that business when they were in their tiny shop because it was probably in some cheap obscure location across town. Yeah. You may not have known them when they were in their next shop because again, it was probably fairly obscure. And then all of a sudden, now they've made their their second move to their third shop. And now they're in a prominent place and you see that and you've never heard of them before. And your impression is they're somewhat of an overnight success. Oh man, these guys just popped on. These guys are doing it. They, they weren't. They worked to it. They worked into that. Right, right. Um, Let's chat about company vehicles. Again, not every service related business is going to need a vehicle. However, a lot of service related businesses are doing work out in people's homes or businesses and you're going to need a vehicle. So, um, before we dive into like the finances of a company vehicle, let's talk about the type of vehicle that is going to perform the best for you. Okay. Um, I'm not going to try to outsmart anybody. I'm not an expert. However, I do understand what customers like to see and what they don't like to see. Okay. Don't get caught in the trap of buying a vehicle that tells the customer you don't need their money because you're already successful. So what I mean by that, don't roll up in a Lambo to do a sales call. <laughs> Doesn't even mean a Lambo. I'm just, I'm, I'm going extreme here. Right. A just platinum F one fifty to paint. I'm trying to, you know, just paint a picture. Yeah. If you're, if you call a plumber, heating, cooling guy, electrician, whatever, and the salesman comes out before the tech and he's in a Lambo Go to the next guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you, you want to buy a, a newer vehicle. Customers want to see a newer vehicle. They don't want to see some old late model rusted out jalopy. No. You're going to want a newer vehicle, but you're going to want it in a, a medium to moderate to low grade trim package. And you're going to want it to be probably white in color because it's a little neutral. Unless unless like maybe the colors of your business are green or red and you want to kind of stick with that. Yeah. That's fine. But um, don't get caught in the trap of going and buying a brand new Denali or platinum level truck and and thinking that's going to help you get business. That's 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 you showing off personally. Yeah. Um, that's for your personal vehicle. Right. Stay humble, and and stay customer focused. There. Um, customers have. We've said this before. Customers have a great method for detecting bullshit, and their bullshit meter is easily. Can you pegged. say bullshit on a podcast? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So on a podcast, you can just say whatever you want. We can say whatever beep. we want. Okay. I was just Marcus in there just with the, with the beeps. Yeah, he's late always. Um, he's probably taking a damn nap. So customers do not want to see you pull up in that exquisite vehicle. So um, we've we've all seen. I don't know why this happens, but we see it with framers and roofers and remodel guys. 
they go out and buy some badass pickup truck. And this thing's like a diesel and it's lifted and it's got some exotic stickers on it. And it's it, cool as shit. And it's got big <laughs> rims and tires and everything, right? Um, he'll, he'll go out of business soon. Like he's showing up to customers' houses in that. He'll probably soon be out of business. And, 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 it's for, and not just because of the truck. Not just because of the truck. It's because of his mentality. Yeah. And the truck says something. When we get back to that millionaire mindset yeah. that we've talked about and hammered on. Right, right. Um, you know, it it tells the customers that he might not be the best at managing money. And he, he might like to show off a little bit. Um, and, and not too many people like a show off. And even if you even if you are a show off, we're not saying a show off is bad. But being a show off is not professional. It's not Show off all you want in your private life. Yeah. Don't show off to your customers. Yeah. You're not, right? that is not professionalism. Take that badass truck out on the town every night. That's fine. Yeah. Don't drive it to your customer's house. Yeah. So, um, another reason that they're, they're probably going to go out of business soon is because the customer is, is pretty put off when you show up in that big vehicle. And so. you know what? I, I will say not all customers, but say it's, say it's 30% of customers are put off. That's, you've already you just dropped cut your, out 30% of your you've sales. You've just dropped off, yeah, sales right out of the gate. Right. You know what? If that number's 5%, it's hurting you already. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. And it ain't helping you anywhere. No. There's there's, there's no customers. Guys, there's a few guys. There, it's there, like grading on a curve. You take off the last five and the top five, and then you get somewhere you in get the middle. You get everywhere in the middle. But it's not a bottom five. Right. It's, I guarantee it's higher than that. Right, right. So now let's talk about like how you're going to pay for this vehicle, right? Are you going to pay cash for it, or are you going to finance it? Um. If you're thinking you're going to pay cash for it, you might want to reconsider. Um, financing is still a really good option. So personally, you'll want to be debt-free. However, debt in business is not necessarily a bad thing, especially when it comes to vehicles. Um, financing your vehicle conserves startup cost, right? So let's say the vehicle you need is grand. Well, you can finance that thing for like five or 600 bucks a month and save yourself the $35,000 of startup costs, right? Um and, and, and if you're thinking, well, I really like to be flush and I like to, to, to pay cash for everything, well, that's fine. Finance it to start off. And then when your business takes off and you, it proves to yourself that you can pay it off, you, you have the liberty to do that. Yeah. I still wouldn't recommend you do it. However, you'll have the liberty to do that if you want. Um, <clears throat> and, and that's not a line in the sand item. You know, you can go either way. You, you can, and if you're disciplined enough, do whatever's comfortable for you. And depending on how many vehicles you're going to acquire in your first few months of business, you might need to do both. That could be, yeah. Speaking from experience. Yeah. I had to do both. So um, ultimately, when I started my company, um, I chose to finance my, my first plumbing van. Um, I found it beneficial because I conserved that startup capital, and I was able to um, keep that in reserve, basically. Um, but it also let me budget a lot better, too. And if you keep that money in reserve... And you have that payment. If you do have a slow month, you can pull from the reserve to make that payment. Yeah, yeah, you totally can. Yeah. So um, the the other reason I chose to finance a vehicle is is more tax related. So um, in any other for any other expense you have in business, you're allowed to write that expense off of your taxes, so you don't have to pay tax on that income. Vehicles are different though, because the IRS understands that a vehicle is a large purchase but that you're going to use that vehicle over several years. And so the IRS does not like to allow you to write that vehicle off, that expense off in one year. You can do it. I'm not saying you can't do it. However, it's, it's some extra stuff that you have to go through. So if you spend $35,000 in cash on a vehicle, the IRS is, is you, there's some extra forms you got to file if you want to write off that entire expense in one year. And then that cuts your ability to write off that expense in future years too, even though that vehicle's still out in the force. I can see we haven't opened the question and answer section yet. Yeah. But when we do, this is a question we're going to get on this. Yeah. The question is going to be, if I, I haven't started my business yet, but I go ahead and finance a truck mm -hmm. under my personal name because mm -hmm. the business hasn't started yet. Yep. And I finance that under my personal name, but it's a business vehicle. Yep. What am I doing? So, again, speaking from experience, I did that. Let's um, see, let's let's hear what happened. So, again, I was walking away from W two earnings. I had no choice but to but to finance that but first to finance vehicle. a vehicle, right? Okay. Um, I, I no, I had choices. I could have paid cash for it, but um, I financed it. 
But because I was walking away from my W-2 earnings, I had to finance that vehicle before I left my job. Yeah, so it's in your name. So it's in my name personally, right? Was it in you and your wife's name or just yours? It's just mine. Just yours. Just mine, right? So um, then we started, and we're going to get into LLCs and all of that stuff in the future. We started an LLC, and an LLC is a pass-through entity that all lands back on your personal taxes anyway. But protects you. it doesn't matter if you it's in your own name or the business name. If it's being used solely for the business, the business can pay for everything. Exactly. So um, the reason I chose to finance the first one was because I planned on growing fairly soon. And as a business, you're not going to get credit for like two or three years. And so I knew that if I needed to buy another vehicle and grow and add another plumber to my to my business, I was going to have to pay cash for his vehicle. And yeah. so, you know, my my logic was spend 35 grand on a vehicle. And then if I had good months and 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 a string of good months together and I had the 35,000 to pay the vehicle off rather than paying it off I would invest that 35,000 in a second vehicle because that second vehicle allows me to double my revenue so I can't I can't increase my revenue unless I increase exactly. the number of plumbers I have so that second vehicle allows me to double my revenue if I spent 35 and paid my truck off or my van whatever yeah. off then I spent 35 and I still only have one vehicle. Exactly. So keeping a loan on the first one and paying cash for the second one, I spent the same 35, but now I can so, double my operation. So you were so you were an LLC. Yep. You paid cash for the second truck. Yep. The other truck is still in your name, but yep. you're an LLC, so it all rolls back to your tax deal. Do you still have a loan on that truck? Uh, trick question. Because, yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> these questions are these yeah, yeah, questions yeah. are coming. Yep. That's why I'm... So I'm catching you off guard here because they're coming. At the date we're filming this episode, I actually just traded my entire fleet of trucks in this week and bought all new trucks. All new trucks are in the company name. Prior to doing so, that, so did you trade in the truck that was in your name yes. in on the company's yes. trucks? How yeah. did that work out tax wise? Uh, well, because it's a pass through entity, it's fine. Okay. The the truck was already kind of badged as the yeah. the company. See, and truck. people and people are going to have that if they're on the fence of. Just like you are, I know I'm going to do good, yeah. but I'm going to finance this. How is that going to affect me later? Well, and, and one of the things that we'll be talking about later is finding a good accountant because oh, I'm, have a good accountant. I'm fairly savvy with all of this. Yeah. However, the, the got to dis- have a good dude. There's things you that's why they're CPAs. Yeah. I so, mean, they're just that's the decision to trade all of your vehicles in on new vehicles is not an easy decision to make. And it's not one that you make uh, out of emotion. And you half make it the out people of necessity. will do that. And half of the people would not do that. Yeah. yeah but we're yeah. not, we're not, we're not going to get into that. But, but right don't, here. don't think that decision didn't come with about seven phone calls to my accountant. Hey dude, how does this work? Right. Yeah. Right. Because this, this also happened right at the end of the year. Yeah. And so I, yeah, you, one now of the you're convers- trying to figure out where's the tax liability going to roll right. to. Does this, this need year? to happen next year? Does this need to happen in December or January? Yeah. What year's taxes does this need to land on? So, um, and when you I get, don't know those answers, and, I, I let my and when you brilliant start, accountant handle those. And when it gets up into those, when you're getting up into those big numbers and three or four guys are running full time, right. And you think you're going to be able to do it without an accountant, you're wrong. Right. You just have to have one. That's just an expense that you're yep. going to have to have down the road. Yeah. And and we're not, I'm not trying to scare anybody here, but I just knew that was going to be a question you yeah. know, people have. You can always take care of it later is the moral of the story. Yeah. You know, and whether, whether the company pays it off um, and that helps with taxes, whether um, you use your own money to pay that off and then sell it to the business. Right. There are a lot of options there yeah. that your accountant is going to going to lay out for you. Right. And and we're never going to give you like the hard advice like the no, do this or do, do that, this. right? No. That's again, it all kind of defaults onto check with your accountant, right? Uh, and that's that sounds like a cop out, but it's not because every state's different too. Every state's different and yeah. every situation is different. Yeah. I've so where where money's coming in from and where money's going to is a big difference. In my first if three you, year or my first year of business, I purchased three vehicles. All three of them were several phone calls to my accountant, and all three of them were different strategies and different game plans each time. Yeah. So well, because you're at a different growing point. In you're the at a different point, right? You know what I mean. Right. Different money is going to different things at that time. Yeah. And and we're not. I'm not trying to like we got into a little bit of ball of shit there, but right. Um, I'm not trying to scare people off, but those are those are things to think about. 
when you start. Yep. Um, another another thing I want to touch on real quick, we, we hit it a second ago, was depreciation. So basically, yeah. because the IRS understands that that's going to, uh, you're going to use that vehicle for typically like a period of five years, they're going to want to set you up on a depreciation schedule. And so what that is, is that allows you to write off about one fifth of that vehicle's cost in year one, and then the other fifth of that vehicle's cost in year two, and so on. And after the five years, you've written off the entire expense of the vehicle. And so that's another perk to financing. Those are good deductions. Yeah, that's another perk to financing the vehicle is because your actual raw expense of the the payments and interest on the vehicle line up with the depreciation exactly. schedule. So um, it allows you to write off everything that you've actually spent. Exactly. Um, we probably spent a little more time on that than we thought, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and we can move on. Yep. Um, the, the last reason I chose to finance my vehicle was because it was either shell out 30 grand up front for the, the vehicle or shell out $800 in a payment. And so, um, I chose the 30, the, the $800 payment route, uh, just because it conserved the, the startup costs. So, um, and side note on that, if you are going to finance your vehicle, remember you have to have that financing squared away and done before you walk away from your W2 earnings. Yes. Don't think you're going to do that after you quit. I'm now I'm going to go finance it. We've said it before and we're going to say it again. Yep. Once you walk away from your job and you go, if you were to go to the bank and say, Hey, I just started this company, they are going to laugh at you. Yep. Not out loud, but after uh, you and leave, maybe out loud. <laughs> after you leave, they are going to be like, do you believe this guy? Right. Cause right. they're not loaning you any money. Right. Without you having income. Yep. So make sure you get that squared away before. Um, another thing in building your budget is, um, your inventory costs. Now you may have a low in, like for instance, a lawn mowing company. They don't really have a lot of inventory, a lot of pieces and parts. Yeah. And, and we and, bring up lawnmower a lot because it, it's a, they, it's, it's drastically it's a different. Yeah. They're drastically different. And the numbers are going to be different. And people that are listening to this are saying, Oh, well I don't want a plumbing company. I'm not a plumber. I'm not going to do that. Right, we right, use right. that because that is an example of that's my real life experience. And we're, it's more overhead. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then there are three companies uh, mechanical companies, electricians, uh, HVAC guys that are more related to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the lawnmower is, you know, still has to have stuff. He's got equipment, but, but he doesn't have much. he doesn't have a bunch of parts, right? Yeah. So like my parts list, as I was putting together my budget for my startup cost, I had to factor how many parts am I going to keep on my truck. And I kept a very detailed list of everything that I was going to have on my truck, every piece of plumbing repair part that I was going to need. That list came to 500 different parts and a, and a total quantity of over 2000 items that we keep on our truck. Yeah. The That's value a lot of stuff. The value of that list, the day I started our company, the value of that list was $11,000. That's a lot of money. Now, pricing has gone up dramatically since two yeah. years ago. And, and so now and we're the, not going to get into that too much. But, right. Right. But, but yeah, you, but need now to be, the value of that is even higher. You need to be, let's say something right there. You need to be current with what's happening. So if you, if you're listening to this and you start writing stuff down and then you don't do your company for two years, you got to check those numbers. Yeah. You got to go. Rehash okay, you can't numbers. go, Oh, Hey this. And then, Oh, that's up 20% of right. what it was. You know, don't be surprised. Try to stay current with those things. Yeah. And and in this market now, hopefully it doesn't stay like this forever. But, I mean, there are increases on prices every three to six months. Yeah. So, you know, it used to be year. It used to be annually. Maybe every two years. Yep. On big stuff. But now, I mean, it is. Yeah. It's, you got to be on timely. top of it. So. And, and, like, if you're starting a higher inventory business, you might not have your inventory on point before you start. I sure didn't. I had it. I, I thought I had it on point, but it turns out, looking back on it, I was probably like eighty percent accurate as far as like the numbers and the quantities and in what items I wanted and everything else. But eighty percent allowed me to serve my customers really well. Yeah. And, so and there's nothing wrong with just as this is an example. There's nothing wrong with saying to the customer and being honest with them. Hey, I don't have that. I don't have that on my truck. I got to go run and grab it. I'm gonna run and get it right now. Yep. I will be right back. I am not going to another call. I'm going to go get it. I'm coming right back here. Yeah. Thanks for your patience. Yep. There's and people when you tell people the truth, this is like the opposite of the bullshit meter thing. Right. When you tell people the truth, they know you're telling them the truth. Oh yeah. And you they know love what I mean? it. They love yeah. the truth. Yeah, exactly. And I, I don't want to get too much into that, but Yep. Um now let's talk about raising 
capital, raising the money that you're going to need to start the business. So we've gone through the budgets. You're so, talking raising the money is in. I've gone through the budget. I have what I'm going to do with my truck figured out. I have my inventory figured out. I've we, made we know what we know what it's going to cost. The total, the tallied total of all those things. Yep. I need to get to that money. Yep. And so there's a couple of different options at your disposal for raising the money that you're going to need. Um, my business, in uh, full transparency, full honesty, I knew. So my budget at the bottom of my Excel sheet was thirty thousand dollars. Okay. Um, I factored another, like as a safety net, again, love safety nets. I factored I would probably need, possibly need another $30,000 because let's say I put 30,000 in my business bank account. Well, it's now zero because I've spent it all to start the company. So I factored I could possibly need another $30,000 to handle the slow first few months and expenses that don't stop once you get this ball rolling, right? Well, fuel, vehicle payments, um, things like that. Say something My, happened to the truck. Right. S- say you ran over a box of nails and you had to buy three new tires. I had to go buy three new tires, right. Yeah, so You're out of um, bucks. Um, also, my pay, right? My salary. Yeah. I needed to be able to cover my own pay. Slush. So um, um, your budget can be a little fluid, and that's fine. The options at your disposal, let's talk about the scariest one first. And that is borrowing or cashing out from your 401k. If you've worked in the corporate world or worked for somebody else and you have some money in your 401k, that is an option at your disposal. It's your money. It's your money. There are penalties and there are things that you have to get around, but it's your money. Yes. And and depending on how vested you are, uh, sometimes you might not be able to have access to all of that money. Sometimes your employer is going to keep some of that back if you're not fully vested yeah. and, and everything else. But the reason we don't like that option as much as the others that we're going to talk about is because that's one of the more expensive options. Your 401k is pre-tax savings. And so when you go to withdraw it, you're going to have to pay a 10% penalty for withdrawing it before your retirement age, but then you're going to have to pay tax on all of that money before you withdraw it. So, um, it comes out to being a very expensive way to start your company. So, um, we'll circle back to this a little bit later, but it is an option, but let's talk about some of the others first because they may be better options for you. Yeah, and, and you want to just, I love finance. I like reading about finance. If you're younger and you have put that money in there and then you stop putting money in there, it doesn't matter. That money's going to grow. Yeah. Say, you're, say your company does really well later and you uh, start, and we're going to talk about all this as well, but say you start retirement for yourself and for your guys, which is the right thing to do, okay? Um, And then that goes down the road. Well, that money that you had in there, if you were able to not touch it, say it it triples, say it doubles. Say when you hit 55, you're like, man, I don't want to pull it out because I'm going to have to pay that penalty. You know, I'm going to have to pay taxes on it. Oh, wait, I had that other 401k, and that's now covering my taxes right. on that other money. Right. You know, and you can pull out of that one that's lower than your other one. It just, it gives you, compound interest is a great thing. Yeah, And yeah, for yeah, yeah. young men or women that are that that got to get in on a program, a privileged program like that, right. if you can keep that money in there, you need to do that. Okay. Um, another option at your disposal is business loans. Um, they can be a little tricky to get actually. Um, so what's funny about banks is they like loaning people money that they know are going to pay the money back. Exactly. And so that's how they make money. That's how they make money. Right. And so how, what they use to determine that is going to be, you know, credit scores, your credit history, um, your power, your income and all of this stuff. So keep in mind, If you're leaving W-2 earnings to go start your own company, your income is now off the table because it's unknown. You could have the best credit score in the world, but you might not have the income. You might not have purchasing power. Right. And so um, another thing with uh, business loans is um, they are... There's there's this aura about them like, oh, you want to start a company, just go get a business loan. Doesn't work that way. No. 
there, there's almost no banks out there want to lend you money unless you're successful at starting businesses. Yeah, if you've, if you've got a proven business, track record yeah. of starting multiple and businesses. And you want to do something else, they're like, oh, let us jump on board. Right. So, for instance, in a few years, if I went to my bank and said, hey, I want to start this other business, and they're going to look at all my financials. They know all my be financials, like, yeah, right? Bud, and they're going to be like, in. how much do you want? Yeah. Right? We're going to loan you up to this amount. However, Would you like it all? If this is the first business <laughs> small, you're starting, this is small, right, right, they're yeah. going to want to loan me more. If you're not I mean, proven, yeah, you have no traction, right. So um, a business loan wasn't really an option for me. It may be an option for you. I don't know. It, it wasn't an option for and me. And like we've said, everyone's circumstance is different. Yeah, you know a guy, a vice president at a bank, and he knows you and knows you personally. Sometimes it's about who you know. Yeah, it may be really easy for you to secure that loan. Yeah. And and maybe if you have like that some illegal, larger savings at that bank, or or maybe if, if if you can use some of your other assets as collateral, you might be able to work something out. Yeah, so. that's tough. I do. I hate always when people say I, I put my house up. You know, it's kind of tough. Like, I mean, I always cringe a little bit. Some people don't bat an eye. Yeah, and it works out, and it's a great option. Yep. You know, but and, and that's why you know we haven't said it a lot, but you need to do what is what also makes you comfortable with what you're doing. Because if you get involved and you're not comfortable and you're nervous and you're worried, it's going to reflect That's a red in the work that yep. you do. Yeah. Yep. Um, another option at your disposal is tapping into your savings. If you have a bunch of money saved up in the bank. So, and this will obviously be the lowest cost option at your disposal um, because it's already your money, right? So now if that's money's in a, a high interest account or something like that, you might want to factor that in. But um Let's if, talk about. Can I say something about yeah, that yeah, real yeah, quick? Yeah. Say, say you're listening to this and you're like, you know what? I was thinking I was going to stay at my job for the next three to five years because my wife is doing X, or it just fits us that way. But I do want to do something. Start saving now. Start, yeah, yeah. And go ahead. You know what? We're not we're not trying to get you on the fast tra- the fast track. Right. If if you have four or five years and you can put that money away on your own. Yeah. Do it. Dude, then you're not in the hole. You're, I mean, that's your money. You yeah. can do whatever the hell you want to do with it. And worst case scenario, if you decide not to start the business, you still got some money in the now bank. You got that's your money. Nest egg, and you're yeah. like, you know what? I'm gonna go get me a new bass boat. Right. You right. know, you're gonna do Who something knows? fun with it. Right. You know, save that money if you think you can get there. Yeah. Don't borrow money just because you think you need to borrow money. If you think you can save it, save the money. If you do use your own personal investment to start the the, the company. Do yourself the favor and write an agreement from the business to yourself. Exactly. Put down some terms that you're going to hold your business accountable to repay that money back to you. And you can do that with interest. You could do it with interest you if you want. You can loan your business money at an interest rate. You could. So yep. if... And your accountant, if you have a, a smart accountant, he's he's going to know that. If you say, yeah. hey, I want to loan myself $100,000 at a... 4%, just a round number, makes right. math easy, a, a 4% number. He's going to say, oh, yeah, we can do that. Yeah. We can do that on X, Y, and Z. You're going to make personal money off of that. Now, you will have to pay taxes on that, yeah. but it's going to be a tax deduction for the business, and that will work in certain scenarios yeah. better than other things. That all helps provide a really good platform for like the behaviors that you're going to want to bring on to keep your business finances separated from your personal finances. Yeah. So... Um, don't think that you're being a little overkill or like, oh, this seems kind of tacky to write a loan to myself or whatever. No, that's that's smart. Like when it's, I, it's very smart. Yeah, that's what millionaire and guys with lots of money. That's what they do. Right, they're making money on interest from money that they already had. Right. Only fools intermix their business finances and their personal finances. And those same fools find themselves in heaps of financial trouble later when the auditor is questioning every financial move that business has ever made now listen, since it started. So we just said that, and people are thinking, Mitch, you just said loan yourself money. Yes, but you have to keep those two things. They're separate. Even though it's the same, they're separate. You're That's not why operating, you have to have the agreement. You're not operating your business out of your personal account. You're exactly. taking money out of your personal savings, and you're going to go deposit it into a separate bank where you hold your business banking. Yes, and people are thinking, what? Okay, so when I write myself a check, a paycheck, like when I first started out, I pulled the checkbook out, mm-hmm. and in my ledger, I wrote paycheck. Yeah. David Hilton. Yeah, owner's draw. Okay. I didn't do I didn't do mine that well, it did that in the in the GL coded software, but just so I wrote David Hilton on the top mm-hmm. and then, you know, pay to the order of David Hilton. And then I signed my name. Mm-hmm. Then I flipped the check over and signed the back. 
That's how that works. Yeah. Okay, you're writing a check from yourself to yourself. Yeah. Just because you're the primary. The business primary, isn't buying your groceries. The business isn't paying your gas. No. The business is paying you a paycheck. And then exactly. you pay, deposit that paycheck and in your personal get, bank account. People get confused there. That's why I brought it up. They get confused. Oh, how do I write myself a check? That's how you write yourself a check. Right. Just because you're the lead on both accounts doesn't mean those accounts intermingle. Right. You have to still have a paper trail from one to the other. Yep. yep. Always. Um. Another option at your disposal to uh, start your uh, to, to fund your startup is a home equity line of credit. Okay, and I got a little off track. I, <laughs> you're okay, fine. You're I fine. It. I got you. Okay. So a home equity line of credit is going to be um, an option. Like we discussed, home equity lines of credit in the prior episode on setting up your personal we, finances. We were saying HELOC loan. Yep. That's he, what that. It's HELOC, an acronym. Yep. Yes. H E L O C. So um, if you don't have a savings. And you do have a mortgage, and you are sitting very pretty on your mortgage. In Which, other, let's in other talk words, about it right now, a lot of people are. Yeah, yeah right. As as the day this podcast yes. is airing, home be, values are we through the be roof. Timeless, timeless. But right now, right, you could do it. Yeah, um, uh, the the home equity line of credit is a pretty solid option. It's actually the option that I chose to start ours. And oh, the, I didn't know that. Yeah, the the reason why is. The neat thing with the home equity line of credit is it's re-static. It's like a dial. So just using round numbers, let's say you have a $75,000 home equity line of credit, and I pull 5000 out today. It's, it's a line of credit. It's potential use, right? It's, potential. it's like a credit card, but not a credit card. Yeah. So let's say I pull 5000 out today to go buy something. I'm now paying back that five thousand in interest on the five thousand. Yes. So let's say, uh, like, let's use real world examples. I knew I needed guaranteed thirty thousand dollars to start my company. However, I thought I might have to go up to sixty in the first few months. It, I just didn't know where it was going to go. Well, I was able to take thirty thousand out of my HELOC. So about a month and a half before I opened our doors, um, I took out fifteen thousand and started buying some of the things that were going to take some time to put together. And then about three three weeks before I opened our doors, I spent another 15000 on getting all the small parts and pieces and everything else put together. Your inventory. My inventory and all that. At the time. Okay. So, I, so now I've borrowed $30,000 from my home equity. It, it's not, it's not, I, like, not the business borrowed from the home equity line of credit. Personally, I withdrew money from my home equity line of credit. Personally, I made a personal investment into my business, and then the business spent that money. Again, separation of personal and business. And so, but that left me room on my home equity line of credit should the business need that money in the future. So what that allowed me to do was charge into my first few months with confidence because all of my startups, like I had paid for everything, but I still had reserve, you had but cushion. I'm not paying interest on it. You had cushion, but right. exactly. It wasn't a loan sitting in a bank that you were paying interest on. Right. It was just if, a loan that you could get immediately if you needed it. Yeah. So like if I would have gotten a business loan to start my company, I would have had to get a loan for 60 because I can't go get a loan for 30 and then go ask for 30 more. No. Right. So I mean, <laughs> I mean you could. Maybe. You could. But I would have had to get a loan for 60. Well, now I'm paying, I got to pay back 60. Yeah. And now I'm paying interest on 60, even though Instead I'm only 30. using 30. Yeah. So the, the home equity line of credit is great. The other cool thing with the home equity line of credit is I could pull all of that money out, transfer it from personal to business and do all that. I could put it in the business. I could pay it all back off the next month. And then I could pull it all back out again yeah. two months later if I needed to. The flexibility is, and th that's not going to be for everybody, but the flexibility of that is, I mean, it's, for, for my scenario, it's so helpful, right? For my scenario and how I was standing, so like I don't have a large savings account because I don't like savings account. To me, it's just kind of wasted money sitting there that's not doing anything for you. So my money is either locked up into retirement accounts that's you know earning great interest and all of that, or it was into my home. And yeah. so, um, you know, for me, the home equity line of credit was was a great option. I'm not saying it's the best option for you, no, it's just and everyone's different. Yeah, I like to have savings, right? You know, so that. I feel, I just sleep better at night. Yeah. You know what I mean? And everybody's different. That's yep. why we're giving you all these different scenarios that yeah. you can go over. And if talk to an accountant about the option at your disposal too, because they're going to help you out. And even if you don't have an accountant, say you haven't started your company, you can still go to an accountant. And if he's a good accountant and you sit down and say, can I have an appointment with you? He probably won't even charge you just for you to go in there and ask questions. Right. And say, right. And, and if he gives you the answers that you're looking for, 
and he's a good guy, he's probably the guy to start with. Right. Once you do get rolling. Right, right. Um, there's no exact formula for success when you start your company. All of these mm. options we've talked mm. about. <clears throat> Excuse me. Again, different things are going to work for different people. So you'll soon learn that your ability to listen to as many good ideas as you can and then picking the idea that works best for you is usually going to result in the most success. Once you start discussing your new venture with your close network of friends, you'll soon find how much they're going to open up to you with tons of advice. Successful people want to see other people become successful, and so they're going to be happy to help you out. Um, have you ever heard the saying that um, you you are the sum of your five closest friends? And Yes. I mean, yes, for sure. So, I have. So, so ultimately what that is, is like, if you have five millionaire friends, chances are you're going to be the sixth. If you know what? And even if you're not, and you're the $800,000 guy. Right. It's you, okay. You might not be quite a millionaire, right? Well, if you've got five loser friends, chances are you're going to be the sixth, yeah. right? So that gets back to the millionaire mindset too. It does. You know it what does. I mean? You have to, I don't Do, want to say subconsciously, you have to consciously think about where you're at in your situation and decide, I want to be successful. What does that take? I might need to separate myself from these people. Yeah. I might need to, man, you might have family members that are like, you're an idiot for doing this. Yeah. You if need you to separate have, yourself if from you them. you have a vision to be successful, you probably need to get away from those people. Yeah. And, not, and I'm not saying cut them out of your life. I'm just saying- Spend less time with limit them. Limit time yep. and cut out that- bad mojo right that they're trying to put on you you've got to pick your friends wisely yes so now right now is a great time to take inventory of your friends and see which of them is is worthy of your time and attention and um, not just inventory of your friends but when you're going to make a big step like this you have to take inventory of everything yeah yeah everything as as, as you start to do all of this um you're going to find your friends. Some friends are going to encourage you. Some friends are going to discourage you. Um, look at their heart and look at their intention as they're doing that, because that's going to change a little bit about how they are, um, uh, how they are helping you or hindering you. So just because somebody is discouraging you, if they're discouraging you, but they're coming from a good place, that's not necessarily hindering you. Um, you're, you're going to have friends say something like, don't you know how risky a business is? Or doesn't your job take great care of you? Why, why would you start? Why would you leave that? Or don't they, don't they provide really good benefits? S stay in tune for that. Uh, because you're going to hear that. I can guarantee you're going to hear and that. And we've talked about that before, we, but we, it's important because yeah. surrounding yourself with positive people right. is really, it's not just good for your life and your business. I mean, it's good for everything. Yeah. The, you got to keep in mind when you're hearing that, that's coming from a good place. They're looking out sometimes, for your best interest. Sometimes it is. They, sometimes it's jealousy. Yeah, they, they want the best for you. They just don't have your vision. They don't understand what you understand, and they can't see what you see. And so um, they, they're going to have a hard time seeing success where you see success because they don't know all of the things that you know. Um, use these moments to give you a gut check and, and to make yourself you know, double check with yourself and see, this is exactly where I want to be. Yeah. When you start looking around, if you don't think you can make that, that's the gut check. Right. Oh man, I don't know if I can, I right. don't know if I can, you know, Let, get rid of those friends or, I, or, or, or say something to my family members who aren't there. Yeah. You know, that's I'll, a self-evaluation moment. I'll, I'll give you a real life example. You know, my dad is, as I'm talking to him about this. Can I say his name? No, we don't need to, we, okay. we can leave him out. But, but I, I I love him. He's, he's a great guy. <laughs> he he was he was you know giving me some of those gut check opportunities. You know, oh well, you, aren't you doing so well at all that? You know, you, you, every every company you've worked at, you've done really well. Are you sure you want to do this and all that? And again, he's not discouraging me. It's a gut check moment. Yeah, it's 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 coming from a place of love. He wants to see me the most successful, of and he, he knows does. I'm successful. Of course he does. Right, right. So even my spouse is you know, what are we going to do about insurance? What are we going to do about your 401k? What are we going to do about all this? And and again, it's she's not hating on me. She's not discouraging me. It's, she's it's a gut check moment, right? Now listen, and if your wife isn't saying those things to you, 
That might be a problem. That right. might that might be a different yeah. problem. You know, Janine's always right. <laughs> I shouldn't say her name, Janine. It's okay. My yeah. wife's name is Janine. Yep. She's on me all the time. Yeah. So as you get closer, and it's okay. As you get closer to that business, you're going to find yourself either getting more excited or more scared, and and you've got to stop and go back through those adversities we discussed because if you're getting more scared, there's a problem, and you need to you need to pause and figure that out. Yeah, you need to make sure it's right for you. Right. And if right. you're having a lot of doubts, I mean, doubts drive you to be good. And to make the right decisions. Right. Um, so I'm not going to say they're bad, but if you get too many and you get to the point where the anxiety and the nervousness and everything is, is so much that you can't handle it, right. it may not be for you. Yeah. Self-employment takes a person who can stand courageous when faced with unknowns. Um, they know that their their prior successes will help them overcome the unknown challenges that they're going to face tomorrow or next week or next month. So if you don't like that environment, then this might not be for you. As, as you work through the process of bringing your business into existence, you're going to learn that it's going to take time away from your family and friends. Building budgets and mapping everything out takes a lot of time. And that work is most likely going to be done on nights and weekends when you're usually spending that time with your family and friends. So get ready for questions from your family and friends and have answers prepared. Um, I personally only told my closest friends what I was doing and what I was planning and I'm not kidding either. Like I only told like 10 people, um, my rules for who I would tell and who I wouldn't, wouldn't tell were, I would only tell the people that needed to know so I could get their insight. Or I would tell people that needed to know because like they were my wife and kids or my parents, right? Again, needed their insight. Support system. Yeah. Support system. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot of people who start putting the plans together to start a business but they want to brag about it already as if they're already in business or as if they're already successful. And so they start telling everybody. Yeah. And and it's not brag worthy at all. So there's no better time to start learning how to shut your mouth and stay silent with your intentions and let your future results do the talking for you. It's time to learn the value of discretion. You'll be a better person for that. If you do encounter friends who seem to be prying into you and they want to know why you're not out on Friday night and all of that stuff, have some answers ready for them, but then be ready to ask them to respect that, that, that you're working on something, respect your wishes to, to work silently, and, and just give them a promise that you're going to let them know soon. You're just working on something that you can't quite talk about yet. And listen, this isn't – that's good advice, and, and being humble – is, is maybe the best advice, right. you know, in that statement. That's not going to be a problem for everybody. It's not. You know, having friends and everything all over you. But, but we just want to give you that bit of encouragement. Yeah. And a little bit of knowledge of, of what to do if doubts are being thrown your way. Right. You know, this that, that, that end part, that's not for everybody. No. But, you know, you're going to need encouragement. You're going to need self-encouragement. Um. And where, when those doubts do start creeping in, just just be prepared for them. Yeah, who's gonna who's gonna take the most piece of advice from that last little bit is gonna be the guy who realized I've got to make some decisions with my friends. I, I checked my inventory of friends, and I don't have the greatest of friends. Right? Those are the friends that are gonna be putting you under a bunch of pressure. The 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 losers or or the, you know, and and we've all had them. We've all had yeah. friends that it was like ah, I kind of got to separate away from that guy if I want to be successful. Let's talk about friends real just real quick. Um, when he says loser friends, he doesn't mean I'm not bad. I'm not bad. No, no, he's not saying poor buddy down the road. He's when he says loser friends, he's talking about friends that are dragging you down. Yeah. You know, we're not talking about a, a good friend is someone that's rich and a a loser friend is someone that's poor. There's, there's a bad, that's not what we mean by that. There's a bad mentality out there. Like blood's thicker than water, right? Like we were friends in high school and we're never not going to be friends anymore. Well, guess what? If that guy's a dipshit, and he's constantly getting in trouble, and he's no good, right? You yeah. need to separate away from that guy if you ever want to be successful in business. And you don't. And when Mitch says separate, that doesn't mean necessarily kick the guy to the curb and cut him all the way off. No, you just fade but out. You might, you might have to fade, or you might have to just have. Sometimes you know what you, people need is a realistic conversation. Yeah, dude, you're don't say stuff like that. Right. I'm gonna be successful, and if you want to be. You know, I'm I'm part done. of it, not part of the business, but part of you know us being friends. 
Yeah. Maybe you need to knock that shit off. Yeah. I'm done partying every weekend. I'm done wondering if we're going to get pulled over because we're driving home drunk. Yeah. I'm, and these I'm, aren't, and we're not trying to life lesson down your throat, but, right. but you have to be prepared to be successful. Yeah. So all of this that we've talked about is some great stuff. Again, we're going to have some question and answer stuff coming up in the future episodes where we're going to, we're going to be able to give you guys like an email address where you can email in questions and everything. So, um, as you're going through these, feel free to kind of keep those in mind, maybe write them down. And, and again, we're going to drop that later. Um, this pretty much wraps up our show today on business finance prep and, and, and how your friends kind of intermingle with that. Remember, if you like what you're hearing, please do us a favor and share the void with anybody who might want to be starting their own company. Again, we yes. aren't professionals at this. We don't pay to advertise this show. We want to grow this show We're organically. not making money off this show. No, no. Okay, we're just doing this show because, one, to be honest, it's more fun than I thought. Yeah. Two, there's a lot of really good information that, you know, once Mitch asked me and I thought about it and then we started talking about it, I mean... It's just good information that can be out there. And when you have something to give to the community, it it benefits your soul to do it. Right, right, right. So um, th this show grows based off of your ability to help share this show with others. So as you're seeing people on social media asking questions about starting business or you have a friend, feel free to text them a link to the show or make a comment when that person on social media asks about uh, any business-related questions. Drop a link to the show on there. Um, that is that is huge in helping us get this message in front of a, a bunch of people. Um, we've had private conversations off air about like what are our intentions with this show, and, and none of them um, have have much to do with money. They they more have to do with getting this message to as many people that need it because yeah. there are a boatload of people out there who want to start their own companies, but they just don't have the courage, and they just don't have some good concrete info other than from stuff where people are trying to sell them stuff. So we really appreciate you guys helping getting this message out in front of everybody else. So until the next show, we'll see you again and uh, have a great week, everybody. Love you guys.